and welcome to Beauty from the Heart. I'm your host, Rose Gallagher, and each week I'm talking to people from the beauty industry who inspire positive change. Today, I'm talking to Daisy Boateng, who joins me down the line from New York City. Daisy has worked in the beauty industry for many years, with a career spanning brands such as L'Oreal Paris, Essie and NYX Cosmetics, and cities like London, Melbourne and Paris. But this year, she's relocated to New York to resume her role as the Global Marketing Director at Maybelline. But with all of this experience to share, what she's been doing in her spare time is she's created the step sorority aiming to mentor young women and equip them to achieve their career aspirations so today to tell me all about it here's daisy daisy thank you so much for joining me it's my pleasure i'm so excited I mean, there's so much to kind of share from your story. I know you've recently relocated to New York. I mean, what has that transition been like for you? Well, I picked the craziest time to move. I came literally smack bang in the middle of COVID-19. So I've gone straight into quarantine. I had two weeks in the office and then straight into my house. But honestly, New York's my dream. And it's exactly what I dreamed it would be. It's just got a vibe and energy that's not comparable to anywhere else in the world. So I'm having a great time, albeit from my apartment. (laughs) Oh, amazing. And so day to day at the moment, what's your working life like because of everything that's happened? Exactly. So most of the time, I'm just doing conference calls. I'm doing Zoom calls and Microsoft Teams calls all the time, back to back all day. You actually end up working longer hours when you're working from home, but it's fine because you get the comfort of waking up in your PJs at nine and kicking off. But it's mostly been doing all my projects because basically I work in the eye category. So I make mascaras all day. So it's basically walking through all the next launches for the next two years. Wow. I mean, making mascara all day, that's a dream job for many people, I would say. Yeah, it's good. It's it's a lot of fun, but that's usually during the week. And then on the weekend, I pick up my side hustle, which is the Step Up Sorority and work on that as well. Yes. So tell me a little bit about this, Daisy, because I've seen lots of things that you've done about it online, but I just think it's such a brilliant concept. Um, for someone that has never heard of the Step Up Sorority, can you tell us a little bit about what you've created? Absolutely. So, um, the Step Up Sorority is essentially the UK's first sorority, which is a sisterhood group of women for BAME young women, so Black, Asian and minority ethnic women. And it's about forming connections for these underrepresented young women at the start of their careers to help them get into the industry of their dreams straight after studying. So a lot of young women from BAME backgrounds don't have the resources or the network to just start their job and hit the ground running after uni. And I noticed that in my career. So I thought, I'm going to change that. So I pair them up with amazing women who are already working in the industry they want to get into so that they can have that head start. So, I mean, even the concept of a sorority to me, Daisy, is just quite a new thing that I've heard about in kind of American films. But it's just (laughs) such a lovely thing that I've never really known happen in the UK. Had you experienced a sorority before or was this something that you just thought, do you know what, this is the kind of vibe I want for this whole project and this is the way to do it? No, absolutely. Being from the UK, we don't even have them here. Like if we do, it's going to be very rare. It's just exactly like what you said, what you see in movies and things that you aspire to. And I noticed that in the US, there's a huge sense of sisterhood, especially amongst the 
community that are um, BIPOC, so people of colour. And we were missing that in the UK. So sororities came about basically because university campuses back in the day were male dominated and women created these secret societies so they could form a bond and connect and grow together. And in actually in 1908, the first black sorority was created for black women. Um, and I just love the idea of sisterhood that you can bump into Oprah, throw up your sorority sign. And she's like, I see you, you're from, you're one of my sisters. So we don't have that in the UK. And I just thought what an amazing concept. Let's bring that over and just Sisterhood is so powerful. Girls helping girls is just the best thing in the world. And we can really move mountains when we work together. So I thought, yeah, let's do it. Definitely. I completely agree. And I really agree that the power of having someone to kind of mentor you and reassure you is incredibly powerful when you're starting out in your career. So you have kind of said there that you're creating this thing that you wish was around when you were starting your career. I mean, what was your journey like in the beginning and who were your role models at that time? So sadly, I didn't have any role models when I was growing up, which is exactly why I set this up. I mean, my role yeah. model, if I'm going to be fair in life, were my parents who moved from Ghana at age 21 or 22 and just started life from scratch in England, going from the heat of Ghana to the cold of England. Um, so th- that that hard work, that work ethic was already ingrained in me just to keep pushing and keep working hard and have no days off and all of that. But in terms of people that looked like me that were doing well, I didn't really have that. I just had that strong passion to do well and to work hard so once I got my foot in the door at L'Oreal which was my dream company and I'm still here now it's a great place to work um I noticed that first of all I was the only black person on my floor and in my division which is 150 people which was ridiculous and I just also started seeing more and more it became more apparent that people that look like me just don't have the resources or the connection to make it through their career um and as I was working through that role and spending all my years at L'Oreal, I started noticing some role models and I did have one or two amazing women that held my hand and took me on my journey. And I realized how much you can benefit from having a mentor or a big sister that can say, hey, don't say that in that meeting. Like, you're going to look crazy. Why don't you position it this way? And those little gems change your career and they shape your future. And that's something I wanted to give to the next generation, my little sisters, people that look like me. I want them to have that opportunity. So to answer your question, it wasn't until I started working for many years that I started seeing a few people that looked like me that I could aspire to be. But at the beginning, it was quite rare. That's very powerful as well. There's a quote I absolutely love that you can't be what you can't see. And I think when you have that person to aspire to, like I always remember um, a girl from my primary school set up a blog Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't even know what a blog was. Right. And she had done so well. She was featured in Teen Vogue. And I was a bit like, if you're from up the road and you've managed to do that, you've got the same resources of me. I've got nothing to moan about. I need to crack on and work hard as well. And it is very transformative, isn't it? So when you started to notice those role models, did that kind of make you feel like you were in a better stead to really excel in work? Oh, absolutely. It accelerated my career because I could now articulate this is who I want to be. This is where I want to go before I just be like, just work hard. Just keep going. Just see what happens. I guess I like this job. But um, yeah, seeing it with my own eyes has really helped me because if you can't articulate where you want to go or you can't basically picture where you want to go, it's very hard to get there. 
it's much more difficult. So having that has really changed everything for me. Those few women at L'Oreal that I saw who were killing it and they were people of color. I just thought, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to work towards being like that, my own version of that. And do you know what I love as well, Daisy? So I think when I first found the Step Up sorority, I was thinking, well, hang on a minute. Daisy loves beauty and fashion. This is going to be a really creative group of women. But you have literally found mentors from every pocket of a job you can imagine. I saw a criminal barrister. There's HR professionals, people from marketing, PR, finance, TV, DJs. It's, it's just such a huge variety of women from different industries how did you source all of these ladies to come on board as the mentors absolutely just like you I like talking a lot so wherever I go (laughs) I'm just like chatting away and I don't even to me it's not even networking it's just having a nice chat I'm just genuinely love meeting people I'm an extrovert so it's easy for me so after 10 years of working and 10 years of being an extrovert, I've just picked up a lot of friends along the way. And I thought, what a waste to not give that network of amazing women to the next generation. So absolutely, it's just from going to events, going to work, going on the tube, seeing people at bus stops, seeing people in the local Tesco and saying, hey, oh, you look cool. Like, what's happening there? What are you doing? And then just getting information and exchanging details and giving that connection to the next generation just makes it all worthwhile. Do you know what? It's so true because... I remember the night we met was the Nix Awards and we actually only had that one night out but I vividly remember we were sat chatting for ages and we just had such a laugh in our group and I do remember actually Daisy that like I learned a lot about you on that night you asked me loads about me and I think for some people just being that naturally inquisitive you then also have this desire when you meet people that are maybe starting out or in a similar field as you to really like get to know what they're doing and feed them what you've been fed absolutely absolutely it's all about um giving back to the universe what you've been given so you can get more out of it and I feel like there's a misconception that there's only space for one person and I feel like that's even more evident in the BAME community or people from ethnic minorities or underrepresented communities, this crabs in the barrel theory where it's like, I can, only be the, I can be the only black person working there. I can be the only Indian person working there. Cause if two of us are there, they're going to kick one of us out. Like it's an unwritten rule that there's only space for a few of few people of color in certain spaces, but that is an illusion. It's so false. And I'm trying to break that step by step by having these conversations, sharing these connections and proving to people that there's space for everyone in every field. And your voice has been crafted for a specific ear and there's space for what you have to say, because what you say can change that person's life because their ear was positioned to hear it from your voice in your way, in your style. So that's just my goal, basically. And Daisy, when you're talking to the the generation of younger women that you're mentoring, the little sisters, are those kind of beliefs things that young black and minority ethnic women are just used to hearing and used to believing? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think everyone, I think it's changing now. I feel like social media has broken down a lot of barriers and made it evident that there's room for everyone. There can be a million influencers and there can be a million footballers and things like that. Whereas before, when I started, you only saw what you saw. You only saw what you saw when you left your house and your building. So um, I feel like it's changing a lot more. But definitely growing up, people did think there's only space for a few of us to be in this space or we're going to get kicked out. 
they're going to find out that there's a lot of us. Even now, sometimes when I'm at work and all the black girls come together and we all have lunch or we all talk together, sometimes I feel like, are they going to split us up? Is this going to look like we're plotting something? It's such strange it's part of the systemic racism and the things that we're all experiencing and talking about now in society that you don't realize the code switching that has to take place, the accent that has to change from the way I speak when I'm at home in East London to the way I have to speak when I'm at work. All those little things are things that are ingrained in people of color and people from minority ethnic backgrounds. Um, and I'm trying to break all of those ideologies one by one, basically. And I think that it's one of those things as well that, Lots of us are hearing stories like yours and learning of how someone else feels. And it's a two-way street, really, that everyone can do their bit to A, encourage these conversations and B, try and make it that your peers don't feel this way. Right, exactly. Absolutely. And we're all right now, especially after COVID and after the Black Lives Matter movement, are all working together to make the world a more equal and fair place. And that's all the stuff up sorority is about. It's about justice and being fair. And it's unfair that people from these underrepresented groups don't have a shot. They don't have a chance because they don't know an uncle that works at the BBC. They don't have a cousin that works at Virgin <laughs> But now they will have a big sister, AJ Adudu, who presents The Voice because she's part of the sorority. Or they will have a connection at BBC One Extra, Yinka Bikini, because she's one of the big sisters. Or they can make a lipstick company because one of the big sisters is Flo Adepoju, who started MDM Flo. So those are the connections where you can say, hey, Flo, I want to start a company. Can you give me some advice? And it's the same connection that my peers at uni had when they would say, oh, yeah, my uncle works at BBC, so I got a job there. It's just literally making it equal and a level playing field for everybody. And that's all I want. And you know what, Daisy, everything you've said there is 100% true because it really is like that. I, I have lost track of the amount of times you'd get talking to someone who got a job because they were someone's niece or their right. mom knew the right person. And it can be really demotivating when you're not the person that has that way in. But I think that your system here of making sure that everyone does have that way in is just yeah. going to be it's going to be brilliant. And it's also, I think the great thing about this is that mixes up all of these companies as well and brings different voices and different backgrounds. And that's important too, to enrich any kind of workforce. Absolutely. Because the campaigns that have been making the news for bad reasons recently are purely because the teams haven't been diverse enough for someone to call out. Yeah release that are you sure you want to say that there's been no one in the room to stop Sense the check. exactly so yeah my sorority making fixing this pipeline at the root and getting these young people from these these this same background into the door will ultimately benefit all these big companies because they will have the right people in the room so it's it's very exciting Definitely. So coming back to the sorority a bit, what has been the feedback so far from the first batch of Little Sisters? Yeah, so the sorority began at the beginning of the year, but we started our mentoring program in July. So that's the first thing that's happened. Right. And We've only got 40 candidates, but we were inundated to request. But because I'm running this by myself, I could only manage 80 people. So we've got 40 big sisters, 40 little sisters. And honestly, I'm, I'm releasing testimonials right now on my social platform so everyone can see for themselves. But they're saying it's life-changing. Some of the little sisters saying that they finally know what they want to do. They've got clarity now, but also the confidence that they've gotten 
how they feel so empowered to chase their dreams is all that this is about. The step up sorority is really about finding jobs for these people in three key ways. Either we directly give you the internship with one of our industry partners. So L'Oreal is one of our internship partners that provides internships every year to members of the sorority. Or it's giving you the empowerment and the encouragement to just go after that job yourself. Or it's giving you the connection, the network, the big sister that can say, hey, I've got a little connection here. I'm going to put your name through or your CV through. So ultimately, the mentoring program has allowed people to experience that. They've either got confidence or they feel empowered to apply for that job because their big sister has given them the advice on how to do it. Or they've just been paired with a big sister that has a job for them, a job opportunity at their workplace and said, you know what, you'd be perfect for this. So ultimately, it's changing lives. And I'm really excited. And it gives you that warm feeling that you're doing something good for the world. And when you're matching them, Daisy, what do you take into consideration when you're thinking who's going to work well with another person? So the first parameter is industry. So if you want to work in the legal industry, I pair you with someone that's already working in the legal industry. But then we go one step further and personalize it because there's a million legal jobs and there's a thousand marketing jobs. So I say, is it entertainment law? Is it contract law? And I pair them exactly with someone that's already doing entertainment law or has a passion point that they have. So do you like fitness? Do they like fitness? Other things you can talk about. So it's quite detailed. It takes a lot of time, but it makes yeah. it more worthwhile, the pairing. Of course. And I mean, what have the mentors said about the experience? Because they must be getting such yeah. a sense of... Um, like you just feel so proud wouldn't you to be yeah. able to watch this person grow and develop before your eyes exactly it's they're saying that they feel very fulfilled and grateful to be able to pay it forward and give back something that they weren't able to have when they were growing up or when they were younger so they really feel like they're doing their part to be the change that we want to see in the world and everyone especially now is becoming more aware that okay work is work career is one thing but doing something that leaves a legacy or doing something that makes you feel happy to your core, happy to your soul is more important than money, riches and fame or anything else. So I feel like all the big sisters share my passion for just helping and giving back. And I think from what you've told me, everyone really feels a passion to make a change. Like I know you mentioned to me before that you've got the first meetup for everybody planned for October. Um, And you were telling me that you've got a panel of amazing women that I'd love to ask you about in a second. But you were kind of hoping to host a discussion on being BAME and blessed and succeeding in a world that wasn't necessarily built for you. And I think it's so unfortunate that so many people have felt that growing up and, you know, starting out, but how inspiring that everybody has said, no, I'm going to change that. And my next generation is not going to feel how I felt. Absolutely. It's so exciting. So we've been in partnership with Soho House, which is really great because I love Soho House and they've given us um, their venues for all of our events. So the first event is um, mid-October to be right bang in the middle of Black History Month so we can celebrate at a time where it's very important to be talking about these kind of things. And um, we will be at um, the White City House. And basically, like you said, the panel is called Bayman Blessed how I navigated a world that wasn't necessarily built for me. And we've got AJ Odudu hosting, who presents The Voice, and she's got many accolades under her belt. We've got Denise Lewis, OBE, as one of our first confirmed guests and working on the others now, like Leanne Pinnock and um, a stream of other amazing panellists that will be there. 
So um, I'm so excited personally to hear from Denise, Leanne, AJ and all the other panellists that we're going to secure their story because it will make everyone feel like, oh my gosh, they've gone this far and they're still like me. They still had some doors closed to them because of the way they look and they overcame it and how do they overcome that? So I'm just really excited for those conversations. Definitely. And I think there's something very striking about just hearing someone's story in their own words, because that's yeah. when you get those moments of that's exactly how I felt or I know exactly what she means when she says this, that or the other. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm just more excited for the little sisters, the 40 little girls that will be there because it's going to be the first time that the 40 girls will first meet each other but they will meet all the big sisters. So there's going to be all 80 of them in the room. And it's the first time anyone's going to meet because it's all been virtual, the mentoring program. So it's just yeah. going to be a, a room full of love and excitement because no one's met. And they're going to have all of these a sisterhood. They're going to have all of these sisters that they can text, call, ask for a job, ask for advice, ask for a drink, go out. It's just going to be a built in family that some of these people have never had. So it's more than the career at this point. It's actually friends and the network and people that you can rely on for all elements in your life, which is just something that I couldn't have dreamed up. So I'm really excited for the event so they can all feel empowered in one room together. And Daisy, with you having created this network for other people and, you know, it's really clear that you have a passion to make everybody feel welcome and, you know, like they have support and things like that. Who are some of your own role models or people that have made you have that warm and funny feeling that you want to pass on? (laughs) So my role models are pretty basic and obvious, but they're still my role models nonetheless. And they're Oprah, Bazoma St. John and Beyonce for different reasons. So Oprah, I just want to be Oprah. That's my goal in life is to be a British Oprah because I just love the fact that she's been rough around the edges. She hasn't come from the best background, but she's found her way to fit into spaces that maybe she wouldn't be allowed in, but she's found her way to articulate herself, to get into those spaces and use that power for good. So get in front of certain audiences and bring people that are underrepresented through with her and help using her voice. And then Bazoma St. John is just unapologetically herself, sassy, stylish, a complete winner. And she's just unapologetic. And I'd love to be that unapologetic one day in, in my career, in my life. And Beyonce's work ethic is just unmatched. She's the queen. So the combination of those three people, that's my goal in life. Those are my role models. And that's what I look up to. And I'm like, I have a um, frame on my desk that says, what would Beyonce do? Because (laughs) she's just tenacious, resilient. And I love it. Do you know what? I mean, first of all, great batch of women, I must say. Um, (laughs) I'd agree with all of those, actually. Um, I went to a workshop last summer. These dance classes I go to in London, I really miss them, actually. But anyway, this dancer, she was one of Beyonce's dancers and she taught us... um, I think it was baby boy she taught us. But anyway, afterwards, everyone was like, what is Beyonce like? Please tell us everything about her. And this girl was just saying how Beyonce is the first one there, the last one to leave. And she said, I've never met anyone so hardworking in my life. Yeah, absolutely. It must be the Virgo in her. Apparently Virgos are really perfectionists and stuff like that. Maybe that's pushing her a bit further. But either way, she's just relentless. And yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, we love a bit of Beyonce. Yeah. Um, coming back to your personal journey and how this will have impacted your desire to create this positive movement. I mean, you've been in beauty for many years, um, working across some of the biggest brands in the world. Um, what's your relationship like with beauty? What impact do you think beauty can have on a person's self-esteem? I just feel like you can make you feel like the best version of yourself and it can give you the tools to be ready to take on your world. And especially during this quarantine, the first month or two, I was so enjoying not wearing makeup. I was like, yes, don't have to put anything on. Don't even have to wear regular clothes. I'm just going to wear like pajamas and tracksuit bottoms and do nothing all day. And then I started realizing the impact on your mental health and like I'd feel sluggish and lazy and bored and not cute. And then I just... (laughs) The last few months I've woken up every day and I've put a little bit of makeup and I've got dressed up a little bit and I feel like a completely different person I'm not saying you have to do that I'm just saying it can have that effect on you and you don't even realize because people have such a um, love-hate reaction to makeup but honestly it can put in a bit of lipstick on or a bit of mascara on or for me my fake lashes I just feel like a boss I feel great and I tackle the day in a completely different way than when I'm not in my beauty sphere so definitely can help with that in terms of confidence and feeling ready to take on your world and being the best version of yourself. I completely agree with all of that in particular when you said about making choices during quarantine um I'd be exactly the same if I had a day where I was just oh do you know what t-shirt pajama bottoms hair on top of my head (laughs) I genuinely feel less productive than on a day when I might have just you know what for the sake of five minutes put a bit of a face on even like a bright lipstick or perfume or something it can completely change your headspace and your approach to the day absolutely completely agree and I feel like people have a bit of a negative reaction to it sometimes because it can be complicated and things like that but there are so many brands out there that democratize beauty and democratize makeup for example Maybelline is all about making things easy affordable hassle-free but still the best trends brought to your doorstep so there are ways to fall back in love with makeup if you have fallen out of it Definitely. And actually, people, I really think, especially the last few months, are approaching their beauty routine in a completely different way now. So Mm -hmm. things like wanting something easy, wanting something that doesn't cost the earth, all of our priorities, I think, have really shifted during lockdown. And we're looking for more responsible action from all of the brands around us. Um, How do you think the beauty industry might change and evolve in the coming years after the the last few months that we've had? So absolutely three key changes are actually happening and been happening, but they're going to be major shifts that are going to be taken in consideration for the rest of the future. Firstly, personalization, then inclusivity, and then finally sustainability. So personalization first is there's not going to be any room for me to not have my foundation shade in any brand anymore. And I've just stomached that and lived with the fact that I can't buy foundation from the majority of brands in regular high street retailers. But it's just coming to the point now that there's going to be much more personalization in the skincare. So you're seeing launches from Clinique where they have the serum inside that's completely tailored to your skin type. You have Lancome that can mix a foundation for you in store and like Fenty that came out with 40 shades at launch or 48 shades and it completely revolutionized the way people look at foundation. So personalization is definitely going to be the next big thing. And then also that leads into 
inclusivity is no longer going to be okay for people to be left out, whether you're non-binary, whether you're trans woman, whether you're black, white, Asian, but most importantly, M beauty. So Islam is going to be a huge religion in the world and people of Muslim um, faith have very different beauty ideals and they're going to be taken into consideration a lot more. And finally, sustainability. There we go. There we go. So like Gen Z are not mucking about with sustainability. They, no. they want earth left. Thank you very much. So um, looking at packaging and packaging is going to change completely from glass and plastic to sachets and different kind of things there. So it's going to be really exciting to see where we go with that. But definitely those three changes are on the horizon. Definitely. And I completely agree that you can really see them already becoming such a normal part of the conversation now, like in particular, when you were saying about the Gen Z and the sustainability or like with things like having a diverse shade range, if something is posted online now, automatically people know to challenge that Mm. rather than just sit back and go, oh, that's a shame. You know, everyone is taking these conversations into their own hands. And I think that's only going to be a positive thing. When you're looking across our industry and our field, who else do you think is inspiring and bringing about these positive changes and using their voices to create this change? So first of all, I feel like Fenty Beauty, we cannot have this podcast without noticing the change that it made. It really pulled the rug from under the feet of these um, juggernaut huge brands who thought they could get away with having 10 shades of concealer or what 10 shades of foundation. Yeah. And they still have um, gaps to fill in terms of their shade assortment, but they were the first to really say, this is the undertone. This is the um, shade we're going to make for you. You don't need to mix and match. We're going to make a shade directly for you from the palest person to the darkest person. But most recently, someone that's making positive change is Sharon from Uoma Beauty She's the founder of Women Beauty, and she is the, also the founder of the Pull Up for Change initiative, which was the hashtag Pull Up or Shut Up thing that you probably saw yes. on Instagram yeah. a few ago. Because she literally had enough, and she said, "Okay, you're gonna now make all of these shades and put all of these black girls in your ads and things like that. But how many black girls actually work in your company? How many people of color are actually inside? And companies were embarrassed because it's true. You'll show yeah. your show. You'll show." your TV ad and have the token woman in the hijab and the token black woman and the token really, really fair, pale woman. But then no one diverse works in your office. You all look the same. In fact, my team in the UK was really quite blonde. It wasn't just white. It was very blonde. So it just made me even more stand out as pretty much the only black person around. So um, I feel like Sharon is really making brands accountable for not only making the change outside, but starting at home and making the change inside because that's where the important change happens. Definitely. And it has that knock-on effect of, for example, when you mentioned your experience earlier on of being the only black girl on the floor. Yeah. Her having those conversations at that level and making sure that those decisions are being made at every level of the business is going to ensure that the next generation is not going to have that same experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's definitely changing for the better. And the good point is that we're all on the same boat and we're all fighting for equality together. So change is on the horizon. Definitely. And if someone is listening, Daisy, and thinking, you know, 
maybe they don't work in our industry. Maybe it is just someone at home listening and thinking, I really love the sound of all of that. What can I do to do my bit and help to make this change? What are some of the simple steps that you think someone can do to just be the best possible ally? Honestly, the easiest thing is just starting at home. It's just looking around you and your four walls and who's around you and thinking, does this look fair? Does this look like everyone has equal opportunity? And speaking up in your tiny little voice, even no matter how small it is, it's still going to impact someone. So for example, this top sorority, the mentoring program is only impacting 40 girls right now, but that's my little voice and my little change that I'm bringing to the world. It doesn't need to be someone that's got a million followers on Instagram or a huge change. It's just literally starting at home, correcting anything that seems a bit off to you and it seems a bit unjust to you and speaking out to whoever you can in your small little circle about how we can make the world a more fair place for everyone. Daisy, you have been the most brilliant guest. I've loved hearing all about the sorority. It sounds fantastic. And I'm really looking forward to hearing how everyone's journeys progress, because I think you're going to have so many lovely stories at the end of each term. Absolutely. It's so exciting. And All we're trying to do is make sure everyone does their part. And together, if we all do something for change, a big change happens. So um, hopefully this encourages people to get up and make a small change in whatever field they are, whichever room they are, because it does help. Every little move helps towards the big picture that we're trying to build together. And so, Daisy, if someone wants to find you to have a chat or inquire about the sorority, where can we find you? Absolutely. So if you want to talk to me, you can find me at Daisy Boateng on Instagram. Or if you want to find out about the sorority, you can go to thestepupsorority.com or you can find us on Instagram at thestepupsorority. And um, everything is with open arms. It's just a big love fest, a sisterhood. So everyone's invited and We just can't wait to grow and bring more positivity into the world. Well, you're doing just that, Daisy. So thank you so much for sharing your story with me. It was my pleasure. I've had so much fun. It's so nice catching up. Definitely. Thank you so much, Daisy. Bye. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening and a big thank you to my producer Ella for putting that together for me. I hope you enjoyed. You can reach out at Rose Gallagher on Instagram. I'd love to hear your thoughts and I'll look forward to seeing you again next week. Take care.